The Apostle Paul spoke words that um, very much capture the fullness of both um, Becky and I's heart in saying this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 8, where he said, For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And, and I can honestly say that after five years of, of joy, um, of being together with this church family, that it is as hard for us to go back for this season we're required to go for as it was for us to leave our children and our grandchildren. And uh, so our hearts are definitely going to be in two places. And we love you. And I want you to know that with, without any doubt. In my praying and preparing for um, this series before we leave, I was really um, seeking the Lord and, and asking him, Lord, how can, I, how can I pray for this amazing congregation that you love so much, this church that is so dear to your heart, and, and what is it that you would like to give to them for them to experience in a way that maybe they haven't experienced before? And the answer that came back was hearing his voice. And so that's why I've been trying to share with you what it means to listen to God. Listening to God is intended to be the normal routine of the life of a Christ follower. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. It wasn't meant to be a one-time thing that happens when he calls us to salvation, although that is absolutely necessary, for no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. It was meant to be an ongoing relationship that grows in intimacy, in understanding, and in love. But for many of us, we've not truly learned how to hear the voice of God. We've not learned the ways that he speaks. But what I want to encourage us to do is to continue seeking him. That's the invitation of the scripture. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And remember as we looked in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus writes, behold I stand at the door and knock, not to unbelievers but to the church. He wants us to hear his voice. Now, here's the thing about voices. You have to learn to have your ear tuned to them. And, and, and all of you know this. You just may not have, have thought about it for a while. But there are certain voices that you are instantly tuned to no matter how much noise is going on. For instance, my youngest son, Micah, um, he, he's not a very patient child, um, as he was growing up. And, you know, he's the youngest, so he's competing against his brothers and sister. And, you know, and so he, to get attention, one of the things that he would do, especially in the church foyer, is if, if he was trying to get my attention and I wasn't listening, he would just, you know, even from the time he was little, he'd go, Drew Stevens! And I instantly knew who was calling my name. You know, it's like, Micah, you know, because he gives the name out there. And maybe he learned it because we had passed on what was passed on to me. Um, I, I don't know about you, but how many of you remember with great affection the voice of your mother or of your father when you were doing something you weren't supposed to? 
didn't matter how much fun you were having, didn't matter how many friends were around you and how much noise they were making, when you heard, Timothy, Andrew, Bartholomew, Stevens, you get over here. Trust me, I came. You didn't even know I had that many names, did you? It took my mom a long time to get them out, but I knew I was in big trouble when I heard that. Didn't matter what was going on. And, and you got the same thing. That's why you're laughing about it. It's because you can hear your mother or your father saying that in that tone because your ear was tuned to their voice. God wants to tune our hearts not to his voice of reprimand, but to the call of his heart in love to whisper to us because he is so incredibly close. So today, very briefly, I'm going I'm to go over a, a little bit of the ways that God speaks, but I'm going to spend more time, um, even though it's going to be brief, on why God speaks because that's the most important part. We've looked at some of these already, but the ways that God speaks, first and foremost, is that God speaks through his word. In the original language, um, in the Greek, it would be called the logos, the written word. This is God's expression telling us who he is, what he is like. And it's so important for us to, to be in God's word continually because that is the most direct way he will speak into your heart and my heart. That's why I encourage you with that little resource called active listening, a way that you can begin to truly listen to the voice of God as he speaks out of the scripture and make it apply directly to you. That's the first way, and it's the most important way for us to connect with. The second way, though, is through his son. Hebrews chapter one, verses one through three says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God speaks to us most accurately through his son. Because there we not only see the truth about who he is, but we see his heart on display. And God invites us into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ because he wants to unite our hearts with his. Getting to know Jesus is the greatest pursuit you can ever have in all of life. Thirdly, though, God speaks, and we've looked at this somewhat already, he speaks through the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And the voice of the Holy Spirit is always in sync with the written word, the logos, and with the word of Jesus Christ, with who he is. They will always be connected, but it is a slightly different voice. In fact, oftentimes in the scripture, and we'll look at one of these verses in a few moments, um, there's a different word that is used for the voice of the Spirit. And in, rather than logos, it is the word in the original language called rema. And, and what it means is it means bringing to life. And here's how it works. This is, this is actually the, the illustration that Jesus gives. He says that his word is like a seed. And he scatters the seed, and as he scatters the seed, some of it falls on good ground, on the ground within our heart. And what happens to a seed? Well, when it falls on good ground and it's watered, it 
comes to life. It bursts forth into, into newness of life. That's the picture behind the word rhema. It's taking what we hear and having it become life within us so that we experience it. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us through his word. And it's incredibly, incredibly important. God has given us his voice and wants to speak to us on an ongoing basis. Paul stated the same thing in Romans chapter 10, verse 7. He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when he uses the word there, he's not using the word logos, which is the, um, the written scripture. He's using rhema, which is the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit taking God's word and making it real within us, bringing it to life. In this passage, we discover that faith comes not only by hearing the Bible, but by allowing that to come to life within us in an experiential form where we begin to live it, to live out the truth that is there. God wants to speak to us, and his voice is radically different. We saw this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. It says, Now you have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of. God wants to speak to you in such a way that his word comes to life in you. It becomes a reality. Sometimes we end up with the wrong impression about spending time with God. We, we talk about spiritual disciplines, which it requires discipline to, to be with the Lord. The, the only problem with that is oftentimes when we hear the word discipline, it's not a positive connotation in our minds. God is inviting us into his presence because he has something to say to each and every one of you, not once, not twice, but an ongoing conversation that springs from his word. Church, I so want you to experience that because that is where you will discover abundant, abundant joy in your relationship with the Lord. When you begin to tune your heart to the whispers of the Holy Spirit, God's whispers always agree with the written word of God Sometimes what God whispers in our ears will contradict how we feel because he's correcting us, he's guiding us. Oftentimes God's whispers in our ear will convict us so to turn us from sin to life. God's whispers unfortunately can be easily rejected. This is why the scripture talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. Perhaps the reason that oftentimes we don't hear God's voice, God speaking to us, not in an audible form, but speaking into our spirit, is because we have quenched the spirit in disobedience for far too long. If so, God is still calling and inviting you to come back so you can hear his voice again. 
God's whispers always have Jesus' character of love, grace, and truth. They always speak of him. They always point to him. God's whispers produce good fruit. They are whispers for relationship to draw us close. They are whispers to make us more like Jesus. And they are a prompt for us to experience God, to seek his face, not just his favor. Well, our verse in Hebrews that we looked at said that God has spoken in many ways, and he has and he does. There are some primary ways that God speaks, which is his word, the logos, his son, and his Holy Spirit. Um, And all of those will be in sync. And you can always measure anything that you hear by the word of God. It always gives us an authority to check and make sure that what we hear is accurate. But God has spoken in other ways, and there are secondary forms that he continues to speak. Number one is through creation. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. That's why sometimes the best way for us to um, connect with the Lord is to to go out, separate ourselves from our activities, from the busyness, and spend some time in creation, but take God's word with you so that his general revelation points you to his specific revelation in the word and allow it to come into your heart. God speaks to us through other people. Um, Have you ever been talking to someone and suddenly what they say is the exact thing that you need to hear, the exact thing that you've been struggling with. Well, that very well may be that the Holy Spirit is speaking into them, calling them, using them, using us as a body of Christ to build one another up. That's what we see in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is why our musical worship is so incredibly important. Chances are you will go from this place remembering more of the songs than you will of the sermon. And that's okay. Because God uses that to speak into our heart. And he uses us to encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We need to ask the Lord to show us, to speak to us, and to speak through us into building up the lives of others. In fact, one of the great ways to start tuning your ear to hear the voice of the Lord is simply begin to pray, Lord, would you show me what I can say to this person or to that person to build them up? Show me a glimpse of how you see them and how I can encourage them, how I can be your voice of blessing in their life. Beginning to do that will help to tune your ear to hear God's truth. Also, God does speak through life circumstances. Now, unfortunately, we have a tendency to use this one above all others, and it's, it's the least reliable. But God does use it. In fact, when he comments on it, I, I love this verse. Um, I shouldn't say I love this verse because I really don't. Um, this verse is so accurate. It speaks so much in, as a mirror to my own life. 
He says this in Psalm 32, verses eight and nine. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I like verse eight. Verse eight is good. Verse nine, not so good. Be not like the horse or the mule without understanding, which must be curbed by bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. That is me. I mean, the Lord has to like, put reins on me and turn me and say, Drew, you know, in fact, he probably says, Drew Stevens, just like Micah does, and, you know, calling me back, pulling on those reins, and he does that oftentimes to our circumstances, but he does it for a purpose. God will use our, our, our circumstances to speak to us. The scriptures also talk about how God speaks through dreams and visions, uh, and, and there are a number of different passages that talk about that, including Joel. But I, I want to show you one in Job chapter 33 because it points to how God uses this and it points to a second way that he speaks. And, and we're just going to do this very briefly. Job chapter 33, verse 14. For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings that he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. Sometimes God will use even our dreams to redirect us, to bring us back to him. Now, I share that because he just mentioned one way, but he said there's two. And the second way that Job talks about is a way we don't like, but it's an important, powerful way that God speaks. God speaks through pain. God speaks in your life and in my life through pain. Look at verse 19. Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones so that his life loathes bread and his appetite the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen and his bones that they will, uh, were not seen stick out. His soul draws near the pit and his life to those who bring death. He's saying sometimes God will use pain in our life. And, and here's the truth. Sometimes the circumstances that we so want to get out of are actually God's voice calling us to himself. And if he just took away the pain, we would miss the blessing. This is truly the story of the book of Job. The book of Job is about God's sovereignty, but even more Significantly, it is about God calling Job to a deeper relationship with himself. Job, in the end of the book, in Job 42, verse 5, says this, I had heard of you by the hearing of ear, but now my eye sees you. God can use your pain and my pain to bring us into a greater understanding of who he is and allow us to hear his voice much more clearly. And that brings us to the most important thing. The one thing I wanna say today above all others is why God speaks. 
Because when we understand why God speaks, it will put everything else into proper perspective. You and I have a tendency to go to God with our plan. When we go in prayer, there are things upon our heart, there are circumstances in your day, in in your work, in your family that you're uncertain of, that you're concerned about, and we go and we ask God to take care of all these details. We ask him to, to deal with our health, to help our relationships because something's been strained or broken, to help uh, provide for us, all of which are good things to pray. But they are not the most important part of our prayer. They are significant, but they are not why God speaks to us. He will do that because he loves us. He will give answers, but he longs for something deeper. Why God speaks. Let's look here for just a couple of minutes at John. I'm going to back up for a moment into John chapter 16. He says this in verse 12. I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. But you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare it to you, the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, there's all kinds of things that we could unpack there. But but one of those is that God's voice, his speaking, his timing is important. There are things God wants to say to you and to me that we're not ready for, just like the disciples. They couldn't possibly have downloaded into their heart and minds all the information that Jesus wanted to share with them. And that's why we have to be tuned in to the voice of the Lord as he speaks through his word and he speaks through the Holy Spirit because God has much to say to you and to me. But the reason why he speaks is indicated in these verses as well. He speaks for the glory of Jesus, to show the greatness of Jesus. He says, the Holy Spirit will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. There is an incredible beauty in the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And and it's important for us to, to see that relationship because it also shows us how we fit in. When you see God the Father speak about the Son, God the Son speak about the Holy Spirit, when they talk about one another, they are always lifting up each other. They are always building one another up. The Holy Spirit doesn't glorify the Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't glorify Jesus. His focus is always on glorifying the Father. And the focus of the Holy Spirit is always on showing the greatness of Jesus. That is because they have a love relationship and it is a selfless relationship because they are always other focused. That's what love is. And we see it displayed so beautifully in the relationship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's important because that's what God wants you to experience as well. His love for you and his love through you. Why does God speak? It's easy to get hung up on the mechanics of how he speaks, trying to um, understand whether this is from the Lord or not, but when we understand why he speaks, the secret of what he is saying, 
it helps put everything into perspective. God speaks for two primary reasons, to display his glory to us and through us. And secondly, God speaks to empower us to experience eternal life, which is found in knowing him intimately. Now, in God's purpose of his glory, here's a question for us to ask ourselves. When you're going through trial, when you're trying to make a difficult decision where there are two roads in front of you or three or five or however many there are, and you're trying to discern, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Well, here's a great question to ask. Which option will cause God to be most glorified and enable me to know him in a way that I might not otherwise be able to do? Which option will reveal his greatness the most and draw me closest to him? Now, if we're honest, that question oftentimes isn't in our heart. We want to know what's best for us. Well, what's best for us is what will honor the Lord and draw us closer to him. So when we begin with that question about seeking his glory, we will find the answer we're looking for. The second reason that God speaks is to empower us to experience eternal life, which is found in knowing him intimately. And I want to show you real quickly, jump back for a second to John 10, verse 27, where Jesus says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now I want to remind you of that, of that verse because it connects the voice of Jesus to eternal life. And it's very, very important because he's giving us some great promises here that says no matter what circumstances you face, if you are listening to his voice, nothing can pull you out of his hand. Nothing can separate you. Cancer or a disease cannot snatch you out of Jesus' hands. Losing your job cannot pull you out of his hands. Moving to another place cannot pull you out of Jesus' hands. Losing um, a relationship with someone else cannot pull you out of the care and the love of Jesus because he knows you and knows everything about you and wants to fill you with eternal life. Here's a truth for us to live. When we face uncertainty, listen for God's voice, learn his voice, for there is where life is found and not just an answer. When we understand the purpose of why God speaks, it changes what we listen for. Instead of listening for what will be the most profitable decision, what will be the best career move, we're listening for what will show the greatness of God most in my life and draw me closer to him. I'm listening for something totally different than what my flesh wants an answer for. Well, here's how Jesus puts it. This is, this is the reason why God speaks. John 17 that we read earlier. Jesus um, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given me. And this is eternal life 
This is it. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God speaks because he wants you to have eternal life. And eternal life is not life after death in heaven. That is the benefit that we receive. Eternal life is an intimate connection with God right here, right now. So here's why God speaks. He wants you to not know about him intellectually. He wants you to experience him intimately. When he uses the word know, there is a pattern all through the scripture in the Old Testament in Hebrew and in the New Testament in Greek that the way this word know is used is the same way in which a husband and wife know each other in physical intimacy. God wants your relationship with him to be incredibly personal and experiential. Not in some weird, um, mystical way, but in a way that you experience the fullness of joy in a love that is deeper than any other relationship you could ever imagine. A love that is deeper than the love of a husband for a wife and a wife for a husband or a parent for a child. He wants you to have that kind of relationship. And it comes by listening to his voice. Church, I don't know where you are in hearing the Lord. Whether it's been a while since you've heard him speak, or maybe you're not sure if you ever have, what I pray you will do is pursue him now. And I'll give you one last key, one last truth that will help you grow in your intimacy. And it is simply this. As you begin to hear the Lord speak, there is one thing you can do that will always draw you closer and closer and closer. And it is simply obey his voice now. God does not speak just to be heard. God speaks to be obeyed. And when we obey him, we show our love for him. This is exactly what Jesus said when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He's saying, this is how you prove your love for me and how I have the joy of wrapping my arms tighter and tighter around you. My prayer for each and every one of us here today is we'll grow in hearing God's voice. If you have questions about that, feel free to write me. I'm only going across the ocean, not to another planet. So email me. I'll be glad to help you in any way that I can. The elders will, others within the church. We want to see you thrive in your relationship with the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your voice. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you will... um, Begin to tune our ears in new ways to hear you speak. Lord, to guide us and direct us. Lord, to turn us away from from sin. Turn us away from our selfishness. Lord, to turn us deeper into you. Lord, would you make the deepest desire of each of our hearts to listen to your voice so that you may be glorified, that you may 
your greatness may be seen in us and through us. And Lord, so that we can experience more of who you are. You are an infinite God. We can never know all of you. But Lord, we want to know more of you. Lord, would you hear that prayer and would you bring it to life in each person in this room, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.